Hello, welcome to episode 67 of Going Upstairs, a podcast from Opening Up Cricket. And in this episode, we're going back again to the pre-season series, this time with Jimmy Adams, former West Indies batsman, now director of cricket. And what we looked at in this episode was the themes of stress, burnout and fatigue and adapting to different conditions. Jimmy's someone who was very open and honest about his experiences and also has a very interesting perspective from being a former Test match player to now organising things from an administrative level to see how players engage with the difficulties and what can be put in place to help them. Hope you enjoy it. The first thing that I'll uh, I'll ask, yeah, um, into the, the the methods that you used to manage stress whilst playing at the the highest level, and how these can be passed on to players that you've worked with as a coach and then the director of cricket as well. Um, well, let me just admit that I'm not sure that I, I handled stress and stress issues very well when I was playing. Um, uh, there was a point in, in, in the career when I, I did suffer from, I guess what they would have called, or what they call now, a form of burnout. Um, and, and it was as a result of not knowing the signs um, in leading up to it. And I think there was a critical period when I needed to step away from the game. And, and I didn't, because I didn't know what was happening, basically. But I will say that as a coach, uh, or if I go back further, as a, as a senior player slash captain, and then as a, as a coach, because of my own experience, I was very clear on when... When I felt, or when the support team felt that a player was getting to a point, um, we didn't give the player a choice. So it was a case of what do you feel like doing? Um, my own experience had taught me that there are some of us who, for different reasons, will never be able to make a good decision. It, it could be that you've been brought up to with a certain work ethic and, and you're just not mature enough to know that a break doesn't mean that you're not working. A break simply means that your body and your mind need a break. And, and what has happened quite a few times over the years is that we, we take that decision away from the player. And, and it's, it's an enforced break, if you want to call it that. And we put certain criteria in, in, in what we're telling the player to do. So, I mean, in a, in a sort of simplest, simplistic sense, I would, you know, I'd tell a player, listen, take your fishing rod and go fishing for a week. As in... Don't take any of your work tools. Try not to take any of your, your work or the, the game with you mentally. What you need is a break. Go and take a break. And, and you try and reinforce the positive because at times players need that. I, I, I didn't have that at the time. And I, it, it might have helped me for a, a coach or somebody I respect, just reminding me that you're not going to forget how to bat in a week. You're not going to forget how to bowl in a week. In fact, what we're asking you to do is going to make you able to do it even better when you have a fresh mind when you, when you return. So it, it, my experience, I, I will say, um, admission that I don't think I did very well at the time, 
there wasn't much information around, but I don't think I handled it very well. But as as somebody who was at times involved in the development of players uh, at the elite level, I've been very clear when I see it as a necessity. Um, I, I, I usually, if I can get buying from the player, that's fine. If not, then it's, it's a big stick. You're doing it anyway. Okay. Yeah, I, I appreciate that you were in a position where you couldn't see the, the signs you yourself um, and now maybe you're in a position where it's easier to, to spot them in the players that you come into to contact with. What kind of signs were there looking back that you were experiencing stress and burnout? Um, one, of, one of the things that I, I can relate, I mean, I, I, I could relate to this even while I was playing and reflecting on a particular time in, in my career. But one of the earliest signs for me as, as a batsman was I was struggling to concentrate or struggling to focus. Um, something that I'd taken for granted, something that was a strength of mine, actually. I, I was struggling to do it at a very, very basic level. And when, when it imploded, it was, it, was, it was interesting because I was, I was actually in a game playing and my mind was literally blank it was like a blank sheet of paper where as a batsman you would you would lock onto that red ball from the time the bowler turned at the top of his mark and your entire focus became that ball to the exclusion of everything else my mind was no blank. It was just a blank sheet of paper. And I've never been so frightened in all my life. It was actually a very frightening experience when, when I got out and came inside. It was, I was literally shaking. I, I, you know, it was hard to describe. But that was, that was when I was at like the bottom of the barrel, at, at bottom note. Um, before that, um, struggling to sleep, uh, um, uh, not enjoying at all what I was doing, um, which was a strange experience because I love batting. Um, I lived to play cricket, if you know what I mean. It's just all these simple things that you'd grown up believing in and um, just wasn't enjoying it at all. Uh, so, so that was sort of like that, that build up. Um, but again, in an era where to admit certain things might have been seen weak, you just, you sat on it, you, you know, you didn't, there's nobody to share it with, so to speak. And um, I don't think that helped either. But the, the, the main issue was that there just wasn't any information on it. And so everything was sort of internalized and you know, it just kept going until something broke. And, and your example there is quite vivid. I can, I can picture it um, from the outside looking in and touring schedules that you were subject to I, I can imagine being very demanding and then particularly if you add county season into that like you did with 94 when you went to play for for Nottinghamshire well, what is there that that could be done do you think looking back to help manage that because you're honest enough to say you felt it, it, you didn't deal with it particularly well but looking back could there have been anything which you might have done as a strategy that might have assisted you getting through that in a in a better way. 
given 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 my personality and given what we had available to us, and I'm not saying this as a couple because I I, I there's no I, I've I've asked myself that question quite a quite a few times over the years, and and given the environment I was in, I don't I don't think there's much different. There's a lot that I could have done differently. Um, I I I'm so happy for for players in this era where there is at least there's information now and for, for for many sports not just cricket but for many sports there are people who are trained to pick up the signs and the stigma around the whole issue of needing a, a break and looking after ourselves mentally is now a priority because people understand what can possibly happen. I, I think it, it stands players now in, in, in a really good state that you can head off some of these issues before you know they have career-threatening um, outcomes. But I, I can't see anything that I could have done differently given what we all knew at the time. We just didn't know what was, what was happening. And um, it, it was interesting because for many years, after I bottomed out, there was a frustration of knowing that something wasn't quite right. And, and for a while, I was, a, I was a pretty angry chap because I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. Why can I not do this now? And I used to do it without thinking before. And um, it, it got me very frustrated at times, very angry at times. You know, my, my fuse was very short in those days because there was this underlying feeling that something isn't right. And I, I, you just couldn't put your finger on it. Um, you know, some of the symptoms you, 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 can, you can remember now, and, and, but a lot of them revolved around your ability or my ability to focus, to, to lock into something that I was doing for an extended period of time. And I was struggling to do it. And, and you kept coming back to this gnawing feeling that something just isn't right. And and you 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 you're thinking about a million things that could be wrong. And you know when you when you when you look at the research now, you think to yourself, you know, what 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 could have been if you had somebody at the time to just say, listen, maybe you need two weeks fishing, or maybe you need to go skiing for a couple of weeks, or something. You know, but we just didn't have it. So I don't think I don't think there's much I could have done differently. And I I, I don't. I certainly don't kill myself for being the person that I am. You know, I am who I am. And I think I grew up with a, in a certain, I guess, environment where you equated hard work with success. And, and, and you, you, you grew up thinking, well, you know, hard work equals success and you taste success. But there's a, there's a, third, <laughs> there's a third component to that circle and that's rest. And the, I, I think the more success that I had, I started to eat into that rest period because the rest period is either, it, 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 you could use that to either train or play. And, and you get to the point where you just, I, I went on a sort of two and a half year period from late 93 through to 95 where I was, it was just tour after tour after tour after tour after tour. And it, in hindsight, no, it wasn't so much just the touring or the county cricket. It was when you had the opportunity to rest, I chose to play or I chose to practice because 
the success that I was having was was almost like a drug. And you think, well, okay, fine, I love this feeling. Let me keep working to ensure that I have more of it. So it was it was a kind of like a a, a, a bad cycle. And just I hadn't had an experience, unfortunately, before that would have taught me that lesson where I could self-regulate without a third party saying, do you know what? Let me let me pull back now. And then I just love batting. So if I got an opportunity to bat, I just, just bat. So here's another game. Let me bat. Here's another training session. Let me get half an hour's net or something like that. You know, and I, I wasn't mature enough with myself to see the signs of I'm getting stale. That only came later on as an older player. And I didn't have coaches at the time, or the coaches at the time weren't trained to, to pick up signs like that, where now coaches are given an insight into, you know, certainly if you don't know, then you have professionals around you who can point to you and say, listen, Jimmy, that, that kid, Mark, I, I think he needs he needs a break, you know, and let's look at his workloads. Yes, he's been doing this and that for the last six months. Let's send him fishing for two weeks. And, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't have that. So I, I don't think, I, I, I wouldn't have done anything different given... What, what existed at the time. And, you know, it's just what is. It, 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 that's the era that we lived in, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you, do you get the feeling at all that the struggles that you experienced were present in others, even if they weren't coming out in the same way? Was certainly. It- certainly, certainly. Uh, Richie Richardson, who, who was my first captain, he had to leave the game for about a year, a two-fatigue syndrome. And and uh, Shivnoy Chandrapal had to be, we took him out of a test series because he came to me on the morning of a test match, almost in tears, describing the same symptoms that I'd had five years before. And uh, thankfully, we had a, a doctor, a psychologist attached to the team at the time. And, and it wasn't sort of like a, a planned. He was more attached to us as a performance guru type thing but his background was psychology uh, sports psychology and uh, he pulled Shiv on the morning of the game he, he, and, and, and in, in opposition to the team manager at the time who was adamant that Shiv was going to play and there was this incredible battle of wills if you want to put it between the manager of the team and the, and the team side but we pulled Shiv to the rest of the series sent him home and with, with instructions to do nothing but eat and sleep and relax for, for a month. And there have been a, a few other cases, um, maybe not as high profile, but where, and, and this is where I take a bit of learning from it, where when I make the call, I'd like to think that, one, I am not second guessing, but also the player has the confidence. He picks up that this is, this is actually being done for his good and and he can sense that it's it's not a guessing game you know it it might not be what he wants to do but we're going to do it and when you explain the reasons not necessarily giving my own example but when you explain the reasons you're talking from a position of authority and knowledge and not you're not like pie in the sky guessing so there have been times yes when when um i've had to do it um and it's helped, though, for, for having people who are qualified 
um, assisting you to make that decision. So it's not just anecdotal. It's not just what I think or what I feel. There's somebody there who can say, Jimmy, it's actually real and, you know, the consensus is let's pull him. Okay. So it sounds like a, a big step forward that it's much more proactive rather than reactive compared correct. to... Correct. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Because that is where you save the player. Because if you're reacting as probably would have had to have happened in my case, you're never the same player again. So you want to catch the player before they get to that point. Right? If you get them before, you're actually saving the best of them, I think. Right? Um, Trez and, and Yadi and them, they were too far gone. Right? So, so they, they, were, they were a bit further than me in that they came to know what happened as opposed to a, 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 a Shiv who was told what was happening, but we're not going to let the worst happen, if you get what I'm saying. So there's a, you know, it's, you, you, now you want to catch them when the signs in, in the early days and, and, and put your foot down. And if there's any resistance, draw the line for them if you have to, because you're seeing the bigger picture. So we're saving your career, as opposed to giving you a bit more fun for another two weeks to a month when you might, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, currently, with the rules that exist, with the the COVID pandemic, and making sure cricket can be played. Yes. How do you observe that as a, a potential issue with regards players' well-being? I, I think it's an interesting one. Um, our international players now are probably the most bubbled players on on, on the circuit um, for for what we've put them through in the last. Uh, since September last year when, when we came to England. So they've done England, they've done Australia. No, let me let me get that right. Yeah, they've done England, the CPL, New Zealand, Bangladesh. And now they're in a series. Uh, and then we, we had a we had a regional tournament that just finished and now they're playing Sri Lanka. And and it is it's an interesting one, Mark, because on the one hand, you have players who've, who've, who've been inactive for a while, players whose whole lives, whose whole egos, whose whole ID, capital I, capital D, or common I, common D, however you want to look at it, are wrapped around what they do and they're cricketers, whether that's healthy or not, but just that's, that's where they're at. So they've, they've been sat around not doing what they live to do. And so there's this initial burst of energy of getting back to what I love doing. Uh, but there are going to be restrictions. Okay, fine, but I want to do what I love doing. And then individual by individual, you start to see a difference in the ability to cope without, you know, for long periods, without the support structure, you know, the, the girlfriends and wives can't come on tour. They're not going to see the kids. And then, you know, they, they have to spend X amount of time in isolation on their own, three, four, five days, no contact with anyone. You, you get a plate of food outside your door. The, and and it's, it's interesting because even in an era of technology where you and I can be looking at each other, speaking to each other, that isn't enough. There's just that lack of human contact over a period of time. And then the, 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 not depression, but 
to go home. So you're at home, you're in Trinidad, but you're locked away in a hotel, in a government hotel for two weeks. And you still can't see your family. You see, so you're home, but you're not home. And then you start to look at a schedule. And, and when you look at the restrictions or the framework in which you've done your first tour, you're starting to get a picture that doesn't look particularly exciting. You still want to do your, your primary skill, which is play cricket. But the, 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 the whole picture now is, is starting to look a whole lot different. And it's been interesting. We, 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 we're doing a lot of, I guess, two questionnaires and so on with our players now. We're trying to build out, you know, what exactly are, are the lads going through? Because initially in the planning, we, we were only planning logistics. How can we make this work logistically? How much quarantine time? What does the bubble look like? Blah, blah, blah. Now we're starting to factor more and more where are our players going to be after being on the road for X amount of time? You know, and, and it's, it's, it, it has added something to the whole mental framework and, and, and the, the, the decisions that we're making. And I think quite rightly so, because it is the reality of the cricket touring now. It, it's not what it was before COVID. Uh, we're all hoping it comes back to that very soon, but we don't know. But I, I, I can't qualify or quantify the, 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 the mental effects, but what I do believe is that they have been. Um, and we're desperately trying to learn as much as we can, as quickly as we can, so we can best manage it. Mm. Now that reminds me of, of the contrast between the, the current tours and how they're structured to almost the minute in terms of the movement that they're allowed to have compared to how touring may have been in your test match career. Although there yeah. were, of course, great demands and, and pressures on that. In terms of the tours that you, you went on, which would you regard as being the most demanding, both mentally and technically? I have to be careful here because I, I'd be tempted to say that, that a six-test tour of England in 95 would have probably been the toughest tour because when you look at the schedule, the schedule involved 14 county games as well as the six-test matches. So typically you'd play a test match and then given one day after the test, you would then begin six days of three days at one county and on the night of the third day, you drive to another county and start another three days. And then when you come out of those six days, you have two days before the next test match, sort of thing. Um, I, I, I look back on that schedule now and, and I think that, that was just absolute madness. I, again, people only knew what they knew at the time. You, you understand me? Um, and cricket was now getting to the point where it's, you don't have, for, 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 for cost reasons, you don't have you, 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 that's, that, that started to eliminate all the down days on a tour. Ain't nobody playing golf on a tour like people used to take your golf clubs. On. No, it was, it's costing to keep 30 people in a hotel. What is the purpose of this day? And, and you, 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 you ended up on a tour that was four months and you, you had three days. You had a, a practice day, a travel day and a match day and many days combined both. So it, 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 it wasn't, healthy even even now in hindsight it wasn't a healthy 
itinerary, right? And that was that was as far back as as ninety five, really. Um, and I don't think scheduling has gotten any better since. What you might have now is you have bigger squads, so your specialists come in for the white ball format and so on. But you still have a whole players that you have to manage across two or three formats. And I'm watching with interest now as, as England rotate players and, and, you know, they get some stick for it. But in, in a selfish sort of way, I'm thinking to myself, listen, you know, if it, if it saves a kid's career, then it's a good thing because you might see Moinali for, for 10 more years rather than lose him in a year's time because of burnout or Joe Root or whoever it is. So um, th- there is still a lot of work to be done research-wise to find out what what works best given the fact that schedules now will not change. Schedules are going to stay as they are, which is, yeah, the travel, you're practicing or you're playing competitively or you're doing both on a day. And that's just it. How you manage people mentally is up to you. And I, I, I do think that if nothing else, teams are now recognizing that we have to do something. And some of it is going to be science. Some of it is going to be trial and error. Some of it is going to have to be a coach's gut feel. But at least now it's out there. And people understand and appreciate that it is something that is real and, and needs to be managed. My last uh, question, a little bit of a departure, is given what happens now compared to to, to your time in international as a as a player mm-hmm. you rather have played now or was that time to play the best for, for you looking back that's, that's an easy question because in a, in a philosophical sense I I have I with all the challenges I, I I live my dream so sort of in a in in Staying philosophical, if, if a kid now is living his dream, he, he's no better off than I was then or, or as Gary Sobers was 30 years before me. We, we, we dreamt about it growing up. And the dream at the time was to play international cricket, which was test cricket and one-day cricket. And I lived that dream for 10 years. So in a sense, I'm no different, I would think or I hope, from, from a player in this era or the next era or the era after that. You, you know, you have kids. Who knows what the game will look like in 10 years' time? But you're going to have kids who are growing up dreaming, I want to be there. That, that, that They see somebody on the telly or on the phone and, and they think, that's me. That's me. And, and, and I'm doing something as a 10-year-old that I really love. And, and when I turn the TV on, I'm seeing it and, and that's me. And, and, and you get there, however you get there, but you get there. And so you're living out this dream. So I, I, I've never really... There are times when I think, well, damn, what, what would it have been like if you were on a tour that had three formats and you're playing three? You know what I mean? But it would be the same thing. You'd, you'd, be, you'd be in a big stadium with, with crowds, you know, some cheering, some heckling, whatever. That wouldn't change. And, and that, that is what I wanted as a kid, that is what I dreamt about. And I, and I, and I got, thank God, I, I got a chance to live it for, for 10, near 10 years. Um, so I, I don't, I've never really thought or, or wanted or felt like, A, I've missed out and B, I'd want to be in this era. 
I've, I've never, I just, I had such a good time in, in my own time. I can't see how I could have had more fun than the fun that I had. I, I, I know that's a sort of, that might not be the answer that you're looking for, but yeah, it's, it's in a very, very simple way, that's, that's been, you know, I, I had a great time. I had a fantastic time. I don't think I could have had a better time if, if I was playing an extra format or two. Now you have the hundreds, so you have two more format. I, I, don't, I, I, I didn't miss out on anything. Everything that the PM had in my time, I lived it, you know, and, and you know, for the kid now who's living everything that the game has, mate, good luck to you, enjoy. But I can promise you, you won't have more fun than I did. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yeah, that's. I I hope you'd say that actually because that that era is the one that I remember so fondly growing up, and the attacks that the different countries had, some of those classic games, the players that you'd have played with and against. Yeah. Uh, that you're reflecting that no, you wouldn't want to change anything because that really was a, a golden period. Yeah. But, but the kids know, the kids know when they look back in 30 years' time or 20 years' time, we'll probably say the same thing. And 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 your equivalent in 20 years' time interviewing, I don't know, whoever, Rishi Pant from India, will be saying, Oh, Rishi, do you know in, in, when, when you were playing for that was just the golden era for me? And and it it, it it's it's <laughs> Uh, again, I don't want to, I would also, I mean, it is Sunday morning, so maybe we're allowed to be a bit philosophical. Um, but there's nothing new under the sun, man. It, 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 it's the same cycle. It's the same cycle. You, you, you might have a bit more of X and a bit less of Y, but the, the humanity behind it doesn't change. It's just kids and spectators who go through an experience when they're young, and that experience becomes a large part of who they are. And, and when you get to a certain stage in life, you start doing more reflecting. Your, your history, I think, means more to you. And you think, well, that era was just a bee's knees because it made me feel good. I, and, and, but a kid 40 years before you were born would say the same thing. You know, that watching Gary Sober is just, I, I listen to, I mean, my father's era talking about I mean, some of them real old guys, those dinosaurs. And, and Daddy was the same thing. Daddy was Jimmy. It can't get any better than when I was growing up and watching George Headley practice through the... the you know, it's just like... I mean, I know George Headley was probably one of the greatest batsmen ever, but man, George Headley's dead. I mean, I don't know who George... You know, you know what I mean? No disrespect, but you know what I mean? Like, for me, it was Viv Richards. You can't get any better than Viv Richards walking to the wicket. Even if Viv didn't score a run, for a 14-year-old who had skipped school, climbed the walls at Sabina Park, I was in seventh heaven just to see Viv walk from the pavilion to the creek. He hadn't played a shot yet. It didn't get any better than that. Didn't, and then to then, I don't know, I guess, stay 22 yards away and watch Brian Lara destroy an attack. And you get in the best seat in the house. You're actually out there. Shit. You know, it's just like, but that, that, that's me. There'll be another generation that will have their memories and, and things. So I, I, I yeah, I, I like listening to people talk about, you know, how, how the game made them feel and all the rest of it. And it's, I guess it's an honor if, if, if you're part of that. But I'm also realistic to know that it's a cycle. So your son will, will, will probably be talking about Joe Root and, and you know, that, that, that. The other generation 10 years ago that were Flint Tough people. It's just like, you can't get any better than Flint Tough. And then now you hear Ben Stokes is it, it, it just, you know, the, the, the Ian Botham people tell you that 
you know, come on. They, they can't be anybody better than Beefy. And it's like, you're sort of be saying, who? That old man who used to come in theatre and Sky Sports doesn't even know Beefy as a player. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting discussion. But um, yeah, no, no regrets made and, and no desire to be involved in this era as a player. I, I, I am enjoying what I'm doing in this era as an administrator and, and yeah, loving it. But um, now nah, I live my dream, mate, and and yeah, I ticked all my boxes. <laughs> oh, that's that's great to hear, and that's a great way for us to to conclude. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much for giving up your time. Uh, been really illuminating to hear from across that spectrum of the joys, also the challenges and the setbacks. So I know people watching will take a lot from that. Good luck going forwards, and we'll keep an eye on what West Indies do. Fantastic, mate. Cheers. No worries, Mark. You take care. Thanks, Jimmy. Bye.